Okay, recording on my end. Lovely stuff. Let's just make sure my notes in the right place. Here we go. Oh, by the way, just something before we kick off. Um, just I thought it was noteworthy how good Shota's English was in terms of future guests for the podcast. Like I was like, oh, <laughs> he, he speak good English, yeah. Yeah, so we just need a decent match for him, but I always quite like Shota anyway, so yeah. Nice, we can ask him lots of Eddie Guerrero-themed questions. <laughs> okay, so counting down, so three, two, one. Back before you had a chance to miss us, it is the Wrestling Podcast here for our second outing of the week. Hopefully you joined in for our Edith Surreal special edition interview episode of our pal Sandra earlier in the week. That was a really good time, really enjoyed that one. But now we're back, back on track with two new shows to get in the books. This is the Wrestling Podcast, that's W-R-S-T-L-I-N-G. It's all of the graps without the E, but of course me and G, we're not anti, we are simply pro wrestling my name is liam this guy is gareth and you my friends are on the inside the ropes podcast network we thank you as always for your time thanks for joining us grab a seat grab something to eat chill out relax add cheese on toast to my mind then grab some cheese on toast vegan or otherwise whatever you're going to do and relax as we're going to talk through two wonderful shows emanating from japan this week we are talking about uh the third edition of the Chris Brooks Produce Show, and we're also talking about Stardom's Yokohama Dream Cinderella. G-Money, should we start off with CB3? So just to say, when we get to CB4, we're gonna, we're gonna have a bit of a problem there. Did you ever see that film, CB4? It was, uh, I think it's got Chris Rock in it, and it was about uh, like a group of actors that were employed to become like the next NWA. <laughs> it's good fun. I recommend checking it out. I don't think that's what CB4 is going to be like. But anyway, CB3, uh, three matches on the card for this one. We had a DDT Extreme title match between Chris Brooks, the champion, defending against Mecha Mummy, uh, Harashima against Balianaki, and a three-on-three match with the men's club going against the 37 Kamina and... Keigo Nakamura. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I believe... Isn't Aki going to be commentating on that as well? Hey. Oh, that's cool. Well, if they can stop arguing for a second, that should be quite good. (laughs) Me too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was good stuff. And actually, whilst we're talking about commentary, I did really enjoy the commentary on this show. So we had our our pal, Mr. Haku, as well as uh, Shota, who speaks absolutely wonderful English, which I didn't realise. So that was really good. He was hilarious, actually. He he was really good fun. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it was really good stuff. Okay, well, let's dive into this one. This is actually opened with the title match. That's um, Brooks being the selfless man that he is. I don't think he's ever main evented a show that he's put on, as I understand it. And uh, that was the case here as well. So he was defending the DDT extreme title against the demonic Mecha Mummy. I just want to get something out of the way really early doors. I have no idea why, but I always assumed Mecha Mummy was a woman. And I don't know if I was perhaps too focused on the mummy side of it. Like... (laughs) Like she has lots of mecha babies, but anyway, I just thought it was a woman, and it turns out mecha mummy is a is a man. So there we go. That shocked me to my core right at the very start of this one. 
oh gosh there was so much in this it almost felt like it was kind of tailored to my sense of humor it was so silly but really funny <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah absolutely and i think this was you know produced in such a way where you really got uh a grasp of what was being said in the ring as well which was really nice because you know it was a no fan show so you got to hear the the running commentary inside the ring as well as outside which was really lovely too and brooks is always good at that having seen him live a couple of times um, he's he's good fun in my in a match so yeah this was really fun one thing that i absolutely adore and just tickled me every time it came up was the rocket punch <laughs> it rem did you ever play tekken it reminds me of jack i'm sure he had like a projectile fist didn't he or jack too <laughs> the big giant robot dude Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that was really good stuff. And the, the eerie music throughout as well. That was good fun. It was. There's a Minoru Suzuki Mecha Mummy match. What? <laughs> Only Minoru Suzuki can make Mecha Mummy explode. Crikey, could you imagine that matchup? It'll happen, I'm sure it'll happen. Have a word with yourself. Jeez, come on, just line up. Yeah, no, that's that would be great stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Shout out to Minoru Suzuki. He is the absolute man. Um, okay, so getting back to this one so much fun stuff in here i wanted to pick your brains though if you were to select one wrestler from across the universe that may let, let's just assume for a second that mecha mummy isn't real and that somebody was portraying mecha mummy the character if you had to select one wrestler from the entire wrestling universe who do you think it was Because I've worked it out. I know who I know who it is. This is a scoop. This is a, this is a scoop. I haven't even put it on itrwrestling.com yet. So if you're listening to this, you're you're in first. Well, I'll tell you. Mecha Mummy was played by none other than AEW's Jade Cargill. Nobody likes a double buy like Jade Cargill, and Mecha Mummy has thrown him up. <laughs> Deduced. There we go, that's my scoop. No worries, Dave Meltzer. Uh, I'll do your job for you. Yeah, this is great. I also wanted to shout out Chris Brooks wearing the wings. I don't know if you've ever seen a heron in flight, but... <laughs> yeah. Look at a long bird. It was great. It was really good stuff. Lots of fun. Mecha drill as well. Absolutely adored the mecha drill. <laughs> if you haven't seen the match yet, this uh, mecha mummy is sort of cyber... Uh, cyborg mummy has all these different sort of projectile body parts or what have you and different bits that could be added on and it, it's a lot of fun it's really great but the 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 mecha drill is terrorizing quite honestly yeah yeah so much fun love this ending with a jackknife pin <laughs> That's absolutely in the kiddie pool and then after the match where mecha mummy threatened to just write off chris brooks entirely um we were joined by Mokujin, who is an absolutely giant character. And also, uh, I'm sure already steeped in Japanese folklore, but for my money, another Tekken reference, because Mokujin was a uh, hidden character in that as well. In my mind, I like the idea that we're going down the, the route of adding Tekken characters. So I've drawn up a short list for CB4. I would like, in no particular order, Armour King, 
Kuma, the giant bear, and Eddie Gordo, Eddie Gordo, the capoeira guy. That's that's my wish list for CB4, please. Yen Panda was a character in Tekken 2. Yeah, absolutely. Not Tekken 2, Tekken 2, is in Tekken 2. Yeah. But I feel like we're going down the right route with these Chris Brooks produced shows. They're good fun. So yeah, yeah, top stuff here. Um, second match on the card was the men's club against the 37 Kamina. So the men's club consisted of Hagane from Choco Pro. Really cool to see him in a different environment, actually. Um, Makoto Oishi and then Men's Teo. I hadn't thought about Men's Teo in years. That's right. Yeah. I Really great. It was so cool. Yeah, really, really good stuff. I loved the whole men's club thing. And I particularly liked uh, Hagane and Oishi sort of trying to impress him like he was their dad. You know, that was really great stuff. And just, yeah, it was just really good fun. Look. Yeah. I really like Nakamura. Nakamura's great. He's got such a fun look and he's enthusiastic. I don't know, I just like Nakamura. It was cool as well because um, at one point, Ueno and Mao did what I would describe as like a super dolphin splash using Nakamura as the weapon. So I don't know if that's like an orca splash or what would be the next one up from a dolphin, but that was pretty cool. Uh, this match was finished with a triple miracle ecstasy, which looked very good indeed. So yeah, great stuff. Really good fun six-man tag here. And then the main event. Main event, Balianaki once again. Uh, he's up against a DDT legend in Harashima. So this is the second consecutive Chris Brooks produced show where they've given Aki the spotlight. Last time he was against our man Takesta. Still haven't been able to bring myself to watch that match yet because I just can't watch two people that I love fight. It's like pitting my daughter against my cat. So I can't do that. So, yes, absolutely, absolutely. Um, but I'll get to it because I hear it's an absolute banger. And look, it's it's Takesta and Aki. It's not going to be bad, is it? <laughs> and yeah, Aki versus Harashima was about as far from bad as you can get. What a year Bali and Aki is having. Dear me. Yeah, absolutely. And I, you do get the feeling that Brooks is keen to fold the Chocker Pro collective into his shows, which is nice. And I think they're a really nice fit for the DDT universe as a whole. So, you know, I'd like to see more of that. And I'd certainly like to see more of Aki in DDT proper as well. I think in a way it's almost, I, I don't know if this is what they're going for, but it almost feels like he needs a win on one of these produced shows to get there. Yeah. But this is great. I loved um, the commentary really getting behind Aki as well. That was that was a nice touch. And yeah, it was, it was just a really fun match. I mean, for me, at the second, it's sort of Aki, Ueno, and Rina Yamashita. That's sort of neck and neck for the best 2021 thus far. Can you think of anyone else you'd put up there? Because I was racking my brains because obviously Julia's had a good year, but I wouldn't say her output has been as frequent um, as these guys. Whereas, you know, the three I just mentioned, I can reel off a couple of bangerangs that they've all had thus far. And we're only in, in ooh, the start of April, you know. No, not at all. So really good stuff. Harashima, I thought, was an absolute joy to watch. You know, that's somebody that's clearly mastered their art and just everything looked effortless in there. It was real silky smooth and just an absolute killer too, you know, grinning his way through 
kicking a hole through Aki. It's the worst thing, isn't it? It reminded me of when George St. Pierre in the UFC used to beat guys and then afterwards he'd spend the post fight complimenting them i mean if you're the guy that lost you've effectively lost twice no he's killed you uh he used to yeah he really did he really did not you know i felt like that was kind of what was going on here um but yeah he was a really fun presence actually to my shame haven't seen that much harashima and i was very impressed with this Oh yeah, get out of here! What's going? On? <laughs> What's going on there? I know. I know, I know. But I was thinking, I really enjoyed some of the spots that you wouldn't normally get to see. You know, he did this great outside in kick at one point, which looked very cool. Yeah. Yeah, it looked really decent. Absolutely. So that was really cool. I thought, you know, without wishing to make this the, the Balinaki show, you know, I felt like his versatility was on full display here. You know, he got some great striking exchanges, some very good groundwork, high-flying spots. It was all there to see. So, you know, really good stuff. Fingers crossed he gets more opportunities in DDT going forward. Yeah, well, let's not, you know, uh, I feel like if there's a, there's a couple of companies we maybe don't want to hear about him. <laughs> not that we don't want you to make money, Valiant, we absolutely do, but, you know, we want to keep you here. Absolutely. So there we go. Any more thoughts on uh, Chris Brooks Produce Show number three? Absolutely. Yeah, I don't disagree. Yeah, and I would hope that at one point, you know, as the the world is gradually opening up, maybe we can see some other fragments from the Brooks verse come together, you know, and kind of converge on a Chris Brooks produced show. You know, maybe we get CCK, maybe we get someone from Schadenfreude. You know, just he's got all these different elements of his act that are sort of dotted around the world in sort of Germany or in the UK and it'd be nice to see them brought over to Japan as well so yeah oh hell yes hell yes that would be the best thing yep 100% so there we go folks that is the third Chris Brooks produce show the danger and pleasure tour 96 you can check that out you can check that out up on Wrestle Universe. Uh, we'll be back after this with some chat about the Stardom Show. We move. Cool. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, why not? Yeah, another very strong stardom pay-per-view show, to be honest with you, without wishing to sound like a broken record. They do two very good shows and they're on a you know in a rich vein of form at the second. And the stretch in particular, the top three matches on this show were all very, very good. But it was a great show from top to bottom. Lots of fun little ten minute matches at the start. I thought it was well paced as a as an overall show. And yeah, really enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. You know why that was, though. There was no stardom rumble on this one. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. And if you look at, you know, if you're geeky enough to go on to cage match like I do and look at the match timings you can see it's a real gradual thing and I think it did a really nice it, there was a lovely flow as a result of that so very well put together show I would say
Mm. Yeah, yeah, please do. Yeah, it's a fun stipulation. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, and then... Yeah, she was a sad clown. <laughs> the Huntington Beach sad boy. Yeah, yeah. They they are, and they, they need Jungle Kiona to come back in a big way, but don't we all? Um, yeah, no, sad stuff from Stars. Bit of a, a star maker, in a way, for Saki Kashima, I thought. She's sort of one of the less heralded members of Oedo Tai, at least from my perspective, so I thought that, yeah, she did a good job here and stood out, seemed to be positioned well. With Gokigan Death, you know, we've had the pleasure of watching her as part of Choco Pro recently. She's in Pure J as well. Um, do you think that she's wasted in this role? Because we've seen that she can do some some really you know high level stuff, and she's generally put in a slightly different box in Stardom. Albeit she delivers on a on a very entertaining level, but you know, do you think get the sense that she, they could be doing something different with her? Yeah, that's fair enough. I mean, you can see her doing other stuff in other places now as well, you know. So, yeah, that's fair.
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We'll have to keep an eye on that one. All right, what else did you uh, enjoy from this card? Yeah, this was a real good one. Um, I felt like Poi has a little bit of that Julia Stardust, you know what I mean, in terms of her presence and, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, definitely. She has got a decent stage presence to her, which I think helps her stand out. Yeah, in in the stardom roster, it's interesting. I was um, Beth. If you're listening, you can stop for the next two minutes because this is just what I said to you on Slack earlier. But I think you could draw a line down the middle of the stardom roster. You know, with sort of half that are just dead good wrestlers that have a slight weakness when it comes to the more performative elements of this and kind of improving wrestlers or emerging wrestlers that are really, really good at the performance element of it. And they're each kind of working inwards towards each other. And that's where you find Julia because she has the sort of best of both worlds, in my opinion, anyway. And I would sort of say that, yeah, Natsu Poi is sort of in the middle of that Venn diagram as well. Um, she's very, very good at both both elements of that. Can we talk about Tam Nakano's theme song? It's so great, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know about you, but I... Did you... <laughs> I just... I didn't necessarily get on with Tam initially, which is silly, really, but I don't know. The, the Kwai thing has taken a while for me to sort of adjust to, but I get it now in particular because not only is she quite but she's a murderer and that's why it's fun because she's a cute idol but she's a stone cold killer as well you know the both of those exist at the same time and you know we we saw that in this match again you know when it got towards the end murder time came out and you thought okay we're in trouble now um but i i really i like that i like that she's this character that's got a bit of a kill switch and you know with her presentation it really, it really works, and there was a bit of needle in this one actually as well, which was great. Yeah, I liked it a lot. Water pouring is such a dick move in wrestling, and it worked really, really well here. I know, but I th as soon as she did it, I thought you're dead. That's a terrible move. You know, you might as well have poured water on a gremlin, because. Yeah, Tam's going to kick your ass now, and sure enough. But th this was a really good one. I felt like it was, it told a, a story of the traditional sort of, you know, good smaller fighter versus good bigger fighter. And ultimately, the good bigger fighter wins out. But it was a great effort from Poi. She loses nothing in defeat. Um, but you could see towards the end of it, there was a striking exchange, and she just looked increasingly desperate. You know, the, it's not working anymore. And yeah, I just think it was really, really well done. And actually, the the finishing move, I don't know if it was the Twilight Dream or, or a slightly different suplex, but the, the bridge was almost insulting because it, you know, she had a dead to rights for such a long time. You could have counted to 10 and it was a real, you know, exclamation point on a, on a solid victory. But I thought this was really good. These guys work great together and I'm fully on the time train now. Absolutely. Oh, well, if you pour water on her, she's going to say some mean things to you after she's beating you up. Right, there's a, there's a couple of good talking points here. Um, bit of chatter before this show that uh, 
stardom was kind of facing some criticism about utami's positioning as the red belt champion the last two shows last two pay-per-views she's been in the semi-main event that came from the melts himself what's your take on that obviously we had the the julia tamnakano hair versus hair match on the last pay-per-view it's pretty main event worthy but this one on paper at least you know goddess of stardom title match tag team title match effectively should the red belt have been up top is there a is there a genuine gripe here what's your th- thoughts Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because we've seen this before where somebody's given the title, but they're not necessarily positioned in the main event. And, you know, quite honestly, unless you go on last, you're not perceived as the the main attraction. You know, the belt does not necessarily give you that, I don't think, anyway. And, you know, Atami's great. Atami's really great. You know, we'll get onto this in a second, but this is a belter of a match. And, you know, the, the match against Saya at the last pay-per-view was also very, very good. And you think she needs to main event the next show, in my opinion. I feel like this title run needs that. And then let's just go from there. Let's kick on from there. So, yeah. Anyway, let's get into the match. What did you make of this one? <laughs> Believer! <laughs> Yeah. I mean, talk about going out on a high, you know, and, you know, B in particular had the Midas touch in this one. I felt like everything that she did looked amazing. You know, everything landed flush and this is just a very, very, very good title match. And I really like her becoming B Omega as well and, you know, hitting all the, all the B triggers and uh, even, you know, the... Oh, Need Priestley. Yeah, well, you've got options here, marketing team. <laughs> let us know your thoughts. <laughs> Tweet us. B-Trigger, Need Priestley. Tweet us. Let, let us know. <laughs> but, you know, even going up for the, the finish, you know, that was up on the shoulders, not dissimilar to the one-winged angel as well. So there was kind of stuff like that here. I thought it was really good. Utami sells like a demon. You know, she takes moves absolutely brilliantly, which is really cool. Um, and a great example of that was B hit her with a strong zero or dude buster. I don't know what you call it. Um, and it's the best I've ever seen that move look. It just looked like she got ahead under at the last possible second and crunch. It was just amazing. It was It was so, so good. B trigger. Mm hmm. Yeah, I actually think as a, as an overall match, it's it was wrestled about as perfectly as it could be. I don't think anybody put a foot wrong. It was just a really, you know, top, top draw match. So really, really good stuff from both wrestlers there. Love the finish as well. Is that the Tower Hacker Bomb? Is that what that's called? Just a real killer looking move from Atami. Look looks and feels like a finish. So that's great stuff. And as we say, she's got to main event the next show and she's got a fantastic dance partner for it as well. Um, we'll get onto that in a bit. Uh, but I just wanted to talk about the post-match. 
promo from B, I just thought I found it really moving. Um, this is what people don't tell you about fatherhood, ladies and gentlemen, is that your testosterone drops through the floor uh, when you're expecting or when your partner's expecting and it doesn't come back. So I just cry at anything. And I, I don't know, it's so rare that you see like a wrestler's voice crack mid-promo. It was just, you know, apart from Cody Rhodes. Um, I just thought it was really touching. So that was really lovely. The speculation is that she's going to WWE. Uh, Meltzer, again, we can take Big Dave at his word, but he kind of ruled out a return to AEW. What do you make of that return to WWE? Possibly a link up with maybe Tony Storm in NXT? Flat? Yeah. Okay, well, let me hit you with a better question then. So, uh, Rossi Ogawa, uh, the executive producer of Stardom and uh, former founder, excellent hats, although he needs to work on his shoulder press. We'll talk about that in a bit. Um, he tweeted a very nice message about B and saying that she was the strongest gaijin wrestler that Stardom had ever had. I wanted to get your take on that comment. Mm hmm. Because we're talking Kaylee Ray, I believe, has been there. Tony Storm, Viper, Santana Garrett, uh, Evie was there, or Dakota Kai. She's known in WWE. Some big names on the Gaijin side. Yeah, I I've been thinking about it, and... I think in terms of achievement, on balance, you probably have to give it to her in terms of the belts that she's won uh, and her tenure. So it probably is a fair comment on balance, but you know, I'm a big Tony Storm fan and she did good things over there as well. It, it's a, it's a, a hell of a compliment though, so good stuff. Yeah, no, so yeah, best of luck to be as she sails out of the wrestling universe. Um, but we move on up to the main event of this one. So yeah. Julia and Shuri against Micah and Himeka, who DDM go toward. DDM like fighting each other. They don't have a problem with it. No. Um, I thought this was an absolutely blistering match, you know. Nigh on 30-minute tag team match. The pace of the thing was crazy. No. Mm. no no breezed by and just the action did not let up it was so fast and okay let's talk about rossi first right come on man if we're holding up both belts it can't be that much of a struggle they're not big belts we gotta get the get you know a couple of reps on the shoulder press machine nothing big we're talking fives and tens come on man yeah anyway uh i thought this was great Fantastic chemistry throughout, through, you know, all four wrestlers. Everybody shone, everybody got moments. I thought the synchronicity between Julia and Shuri was excellent. That was something I wonder if they perhaps worked on prior to the match, because it was just so on point. It was really good stuff. Gosh, loads to touch on, really. Uh, Himeka got a lot of shine, uh, particularly with her various routes into the torture rack and at one point a very impressive double torture rack on both Julia and Shuri <laughs> yeah <clears throat> no no and I feel like Micah's gonna be a big deal sooner rather than later do you know what I mean um she's inches away you know the the match match quality's there She's got a good persona. I just, I think personally, I just think she needs to play out slightly more. A lot of her cells and a lot of her reactions are still quite kind of insular. And I'd like to see her sort of play out to the crowd a little bit more. Maybe mix up the facials slightly. It, do you know what? If she could just flay a sliver of the swagger from Julia, she'd be off to the races. And I think she will do. I think she definitely will do. Yeah, she's on her way. Um, speaking of G.I. Julia, different swagger entirely with, um, you know, with the new look as opposed to OG DDM Julia. You know, she's got quite bouncy in your face, real gobby little bastard that backs it up. Um, and 
what's also cool i don't know if this is a new thing or just something i'm noticing now but she's kind of added a certain twist to some of her moves you know like austin aries used to do you know he, he would do a suplex that looked like austin aries or he'd do a frog splash that looked like austin aries she's kind of getting that as well you know a little sort of tilt on each of the moves which i think is a really good thing You could tell who was teaming with who. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, they're off to a good start. I really do think they, they complement each other well. Uh, here's where we get all aboard the Julia train, folks. Because um, we, we've spoken before about her sort of star quality and her presence and I felt like this was a really good match where you could kind of actively pick out why that is and why she's kind of the champion elect for for stardom because you know all four women are excellent wrestlers and they all shone brightly through this match but you know what she does differently was on display here and you know it's the playing out it's the way she sells. It's very Okada-esque in terms of how she sort of draws people in. And the best example of that, a specific example in this match, was at one point, reasonably early on, she and Shuri did a double backdrop to one of the opponents, I forget who. And Shuri sold on the floor. Juliet set up immediately selling, reaching out to everybody. And that's that's the difference. It's that stuff that kind of that's what drags you in. You buy into the cell more, and that's why she's a star. That's the sort of je ne sais quoi in a nutshell, effectively. So yeah, I thought, you know, although it was amazing for everybody, you could really see the what she brings to the table, what she does differently in this match. Okay, we're off the train. Um, but yeah, it was really good stuff after the match. Uh, everything all above board for the DDM crew, no dissension in the ranks as of yet, which is kind of cool to see. Mm, yeah, definitely. Yep, yeah, I thought so too. And here is a main event match. This is a main event match. nice yeah man 100% yeah it's going to be good stuff so there we go that is the stardom show uh, wrapped up loads of good stuff on the undercard as well but quite simply we're running out of time so we should uh, move on from there but do encourage you to check it out it's just gone up on stardom world so grab yourself a subscription and enjoy that one anyway we're going to be back after this with some news Maybe. Have we got time? I'm at 40, 43. <coughs> yeah. Yeah. I wanted to have... um more of a conversation about the Osprey one, but that's fine. I think we can kind of... It doesn't, we don't need to say loads about it, do we? we can just go. <clears throat> okay, then, mate. Um, I'll run us back. Do you want another clap? Or? Okay. One, two, three. News, news, news. And we're back with your headlines. So, a couple of little bits to get through here. Uh, firstly, whilst B. Priestley sails out of the wrestling universe, hello, Andrade. Welcome. He is. <laughs> the Formula Sombra is back in the wrestling universe going by the name El Idulo Andrade uh, he's out and about uh, who knows where he's going to turn up next but I'm very very excited to see where that might be New Japan is in the offing massive yeah absolutely 
if you could pick anywhere, where would you like him to go? Yeah, for sure, I could see that too. Well, this is the thing, isn't it? Where The way the wrestling world is now, the borders are down for most companies, so it doesn't mean to say if he's in one place, you won't see him in another. So yeah, that's no, all good stuff. So it's probably New Japan from a, a match quality perspective, but they're letting me down on the storytelling side at the moment, and that's kind of, that's why I'm hesitant. But yeah, I think your idea, I'd like to see him in AEW as well, and split his time with uh, a couple of the other companies. Um, it's probably going to turn up in CMLL, one would have thought, too. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, a uh, bit of a shocker the other day. Uh, will Ospreay won the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship, so he's the second ever holder of the brand-new belt. Caught me off guard this one. Um, you know, Bushi's first defense of the new belt. That was short-lived, yeah. Were you surprised? It's a weird thing because I was looking at it thinking, gosh, the, the you know the United Empire really does have a you know a bit of momentum here, and it feels quite fresh in an otherwise perhaps slightly stagnant or slightly weird feeling New Japan at the second. It'd be a bit of a shame to cut them off of the knees, and you know they didn't do that. Uh, I was just surprised, you know, and earlier in the evening they'd added a Hanare to their ranks as well, so they're up to four now. Interesting stuff, and I mean, look, from a, a match quality point of view, you've got a lot to look forward to here, because we've already got title defences scheduled against Shingo Takagi, who's up next, and then the winner of that will fight Okada later in the year as well, so two very high profile matches coming up for that belt and you know you'd think any combination of those three men is going to produce something special so yeah yeah i don't disagree they just got to figure out what story it is they're trying to tell because that's that's the part that's not happening at the second unfortunately yeah Yeah, I mean, I can talk about good matches all day, but it's it's perhaps less engaging. You need a bit more than that, unfortunately. And yeah, it's just not it's not quite happening at the second. Oh man, does it ever! Yeah, really good lineup there, actually. And the whole card looks stellar, so do check that out. That one will be on Wrestle Universe as well. The Yeah, the full lineup's actually up on itrwrestling.com in the Japan section if you want to check that out. Uh, three really good-looking title matches. I think I would put some money on the tag titles changing hands. Yeah, feels like it would be a big call to put uh, Ito-chan... On top of the company, there's a good argument for it. You know, Rika's only relatively fresh into the role. I think she won the belt in January, didn't she? So it would be a shock, but I wouldn't be surprised. Um, I think Camille's probably safe as houses with the International Princess Championship, but stranger things have happened. So yeah, really good looking card there from Tokyo Joshi Pro. And just a quick one, as Gareth alluded to when we were talking about Stardom, one of our favourites, Saeed, is out injured. Oh, no. Uh, unfortunately, got a reported torn ACL and LCL and a right knee. 
most likely going to have to relinquish the future stardom championship. It's just gutting because she was, she was kicking on, wasn't she? Um, yeah, that's a real shame. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Absolutely. Come on back soon. All right, folks. I think that pretty much does us for this week. So next week, uh, it is the collective. Sandra's going to be back. We're going to be looking at the Acid Cup, Spring Break, and Alley Cat's Real Hot Girl shit in particular. Of course, we're going to try and cover as much as humanly possible. So we're going to try and fit in as much as we can. And Yeah, 100%. Um, so if you want to watch the collective stuff, that's all on Fight TV. So you can head over to Fight uh, for all the information there. You can buy the shows individually or as a bundle or dare I say a collective. Um, and IWDV, as Gareth mentioned, has some great stuff as well. So that's well worth your while too. So why not we'll have a watch along and then have a chat with us next week about that. Absolutely, 100%. Um, okay, folks, so in the meantime, if you haven't listened to it already, do go back and check out our special bonus interview episode with Edith Surreal and Sandra. It was a really fun conversation. We covered a lot of ground. Edith's just quality, just what a lovely person and really interesting and a very much an up-and-comer um, in the independent wrestling scene over in the US. So somebody to get involved with now, I think, um, before bigger things start happening in the not-too-distant future. There you go. Absolutely. Speaking of merch, if you want to rep your boys, <laughs> segue scenes, uh, head over to shop.itrwrestling.com. You can get your wrestling pod merch there, some great t-shirts, uh, mugs and other good stuff there available. Uh, check us out on Twitter and Instagram. We're at WrestlingPod. That's Wrestling About the E. Posting news and views all throughout the week. And uh, come and have a chat with us. We do love engaging with you guys. So yeah, please do. Uh, you can go to wrestlingpod.com again wrestling about the e for all the links you'll need in order to follow us in order to check out the podcast from different places grab your merch all that good stuff and of course itrwrestling.com has your news your features your interviews you can find gareth and i in the japan section more often than not and if you want something to hold something to read then head over to inside the ropes magazine.com for the hard copy magazine from the itr team that pretty much does it for this week double up may style I think I was the only one that got that on Twitter. No big deal. I love my 90s hip hop. Uh, and so in the meantime, stay happy, stay safe and enjoy the grabs. <laughs>